Digital Marketing Radio, episode 212, LinkedIn Lead Generation. DigitalMarketingRadio.com Broadcasting live on the Digital Marketing Radio Facebook page, this is the weekly show that prizes actionable advice from today's top digital marketers. Catch up with all the previous episodes at DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain Hello, I'm David Bain and today I'm joined by a marketing consultant who specialises in LinkedIn lead generation. She's a published author, an international speaker and an entrepreneur. Welcome to DMR, Jimena Cortes. Hey David, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks so much for coming on. Well, um, you can find uh, Jimena over at uh, jimenacortes.com and I will ensure that there's a link to that in the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. So, um, Jimena, uh, why for you is LinkedIn the place to be? Well, um, I actually came across it uh, by accident. When I first started my company five years ago, I had a really difficult time getting clients. You know, I, I uh, started as an SEO company, so we were uh, doing search engine marketing. And I'd been doing that on my own since 2009. I was quite good. And when I started my company, I thought it was going to be very easy because I was quite good. However, you know, trying to get clients was, uh, was a bit of a challenge that I hadn't really accounted for as much. So you know, the first six months in my business, I only was able to get one client. And I, I thought this wasn't going to work. And I was trying everything. I was going to networking events. Uh, I was putting ads on Craigslist. I was doing everything I could, right? And so finally, I was like, you know what, forget it. I can go get a marketing job and make, you know close to six figures. So I'm going to go do that. So I was using LinkedIn to find a job. And, you know, the, the people that I wanted as my clients, which at the time were doctors and lawyers, um, there's thousands upon thousands of them on LinkedIn. And I'm thinking, if I could just figure out a way to pique their interest, I could probably get some of these people as my clients. And honestly, within two weeks of doing that, I got my next SEO client, and then the next one, I mean, that guy's still with me today, still refers me business. And then it just kind of snowballed. So I didn't have to go out and get a job. And I basically used LinkedIn to grow my business and lead a pretty amazing lifestyle now. So you mentioned doctors and lawyers there as well. Are there mm-hmm. certain types of professions or target clients that are more appropriate to target using LinkedIn? Or can you use LinkedIn to target just about anyone? You know, you can really use LinkedIn to target just about anyone because if you really sit down and and think about what business is, right? Business revolves around relationships. Business is all about people because, you know, there's people that, for example, work for you. There's people that buy from you. There's people that can invest in your business. There's other people that can write about your business and give you publicity, There's other people that can promote your services and you can do the same thing because you have the same target audience, but you're not competitors. So there's all sorts of people that would be very beneficial to you and where you are right now. So what you have to do as an entrepreneur or as a salesperson is think about who do I need to get me what I'm looking to get. And then you can figure out a plan on how to connect and engage with those people. And that's exactly what I did. I mean, in most cases, everyone's looking for more clients, but it doesn't always need to be clients. It could be everything I just said as well. 
Got you. Okay, so you're essentially saying that LinkedIn is big enough that it, it effectively covers the whole world or uh, at least every type of profession out there. I mean, anyone who's, who's there is there to, for business purposes. There's over 450 million people on there now. And the only reason they're there is for something related to what they do in their careers. That's the only social network where people are there for that. Everywhere else is like, you know, posting photos and wasting time kind of thing. Um, but here it's, it's a serious place. So it's a great place to, um, you know, it, it's like, it's like, it's like a huge networking event, like on steroids and you're not, you know, uh, limited by geography, which I think is why this worked so well for me, because when I was going to like the local networking events for business owners, I was limited by the people that decided to show up that day and who, who the promoter promoted this to and, and all of this. And I wasn't meeting the right target audience. But on LinkedIn, if I know who I need, I can be very specific. I can be very targeted and I can go out and get exactly what I need for my business. So are you talking about just building personal relationships and virtual networking? Or are you also talking about advertising on LinkedIn as well? I'm mainly just talking about uh, building personal relationships. Uh, we actually don't do any pay-per-click on LinkedIn. Uh, what we do use a lot is the sales navigator um, that we use to find the leads that we're looking for. Got you. Okay, so the sales navigator, that's obviously the one of the pro levels that you can actually yeah. sign up to. Is, is there not quite a, a small limit on the, the, the number of people that you can get in touch with, though, using that tool? Well, uh, you know, you don't you don't want to go overboard. Uh, you know, we usually don't don't do more than like 50 or 75 people that we're trying to connect with or requesting on a daily basis. Um, you are limited as to how many first degree connections you can have. That's 30,000. Um, and you only have 5,000 invitations that you can send out. So there are some limits. Um, if you pass your 5,000 invitation mark, you can request to get more. And we've been very successful at, at getting more. So that's not a problem. Um, but yeah, there, there's a little bit of a limit. I mean, if you have 30,000 first degree connections, I think you're doing quite well. <laughs> so. Okay, great. So uh, I'm obviously, by the sound of it, you've, you've got quite a few success stories. Um, do, do you want to share one or two with us? Sure. Uh, you know, one of the, so, so we're starting to do a lot of work, uh, like with medical type of companies. Um, we've just had great success with them. And the first company that I had that was in that, uh, in that field, he's still a client now. I met the, the CEO on LinkedIn and they have, it's a, it's a product where they, they, they test your DNA. And then based on that, they give you like a meal and exercise plan. So there's target audience, there's specific types of doctors. And they were having a very difficult time getting in enough demos with these types of doctors because doctors, they're busy people. They're hard to reach. You call their office, you're getting the secretary. You're not getting the doctor. Mm. <laughs> okay. So, um, so that was their challenge. And using LinkedIn, just in the first five months, we connected them with almost 1,600 doctors. They had uh, 89 demos and 48 of those doctors started carrying their products. So uh, one clinic on average to them on an annual basis is worth about $10,000, give or take. So just in that period, they were able to add an additional half a million dollars to their bottom line just by adding LinkedIn as a marketing channel on top of everything else they were doing. Wow, okay. Uh, it's obviously a lot of potential there. And um, by the side of it, most people not really leveraging that um, because I see many people with mm -hmm. uh, a lot of contacts on there. And um, Thinking about LinkedIn and its business model, just over a year ago, or roughly a year ago, Microsoft decided to buy LinkedIn, and yeah. I haven't I haven't seen any significant change 
in LinkedIn as a result of that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I kind of expected to see a change or a bit more integration between LinkedIn and Microsoft. Can you see LinkedIn changing quite a bit over the next couple of years? Um, I have seen it change somewhat. I actually don't really like the changes that they made. Okay. Uh, one of them that I really didn't like is when you make a, a published post, it used to notify all of your connections. That no longer happens. Um, the other thing that they took away was a lot of the search functionality and how you find people um, on, on the free accounts and even on the premium accounts, it wasn't as good anymore. So it, it really pushed you if you were doing any kind of serious lead generation, it really pushed you to their sales navigator, which is probably better for their bottom line, but not better for somebody like just starting out and can't really, you know, put the $80 a month together to, you know, to do this. Right. Okay. Okay. And um, what about your thoughts on changes coming down the pike? Um, well, I, you know what? I, I'm feeling positive about it just because I got an invitation last week to, um, to, do, to be a beta tester for some new search functionalities that they're rolling out. So I just got the email today to actually start. So I haven't started playing with it yet. Um, but I think that they are starting to, to get with the fact that people are there to do business and to uh, connect with people that they don't know and they've made it very difficult for you to do that in, in the past um so i think linkedin will start to hopefully open up more in that sense because that's really where its biggest value lies okay okay and did you get that invite because you're uh, you're paying for it essentially or do you think it's because um, it's because i'm a very active user because we're in there every day right okay and um one of the things that um you can also do in linkedin is is download your contacts details mm -hmm. and um do you think is, is that something that you certainly recommend and do you, do you continue conversations off linkedin I only continue a conversation off of LinkedIn if somebody makes a comment saying that they would like to stay in touch with me and, and continue to get my information. I'll say, hey, can I add you to my list? Then I add them to my list. Um, or if I've had a phone call with somebody, then you know they get added to the email list and now I communicate with them outside of LinkedIn. But unless that, that relationship has moved forward outside of it or there's been additional interest, I really don't do much with them. One thing you can do is if you download your list, you can, you know, retarget them like they have retargeting list like on Facebook ads or something like that. But I wouldn't recommend you just download it and start emailing people that you've never talked to before because they will get angry. Yes. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Maybe sneak that question in a little bit later on. <laughs> so that's um something that I certainly see a lot of people doing, I'm sure, I'm sure you do as well, um, emailing you and saying, we're connected on LinkedIn, and then just almost being sick over you in terms of, this is what I do. And it's nothing about um, trying to find out more about what I do or having a conversation yeah. with you. And it's just shockingly common that that, that, that people do that. And the, the, the first message that they actually um, share with you is just telling them about themselves. Uh, yeah. how, how can we change this? Well, and, and that's that's the biggest mistake I see people making. I actually, I have a webinar and, and I go through a part of our process of how we find leads, how we uh, generate interest and how we get people to actually be excited to get on the phone with you and want to talk to you about hiring you for, you know, whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, but the biggest mistake people make is that, like it completely turns you off. Um, so what we do is we have a, a very specific formula of what we say in the first message, what we say in the second message, what we say in the third message, and at what intervals we send them out. So, you know, the first message, you really just want to give value and ask for feedback. 
that's how you start a conversation. You're not being salesy. It's not about you. You can talk about what you do, but you just leave it at that. And then on the next message, you can expand on what you do. You still want to ask your prospect questions about themselves and see if they're interested in a conversation. So it's a very soft approach, but it's an approach that doesn't make people like, they, like they're being sold, although they kind of are like in a way and they know that, but it's not like over the top. So it works. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm mean, I obviously occasionally reach out to people and ask to interview them, and I, I get a significant percentage of people wanting to do that, and that, that that's a great start to the relationship. I don't have any intention um, to sell them something after that uh, at all, but uh, these relationships are so so important to make, and you never know where they will lead in the future. Right. I agree, absolutely. Now, I see you're certainly obviously embracing LinkedIn, but you don't appear to be on Twitter. So are you a fan of no. kind of focusing rigidly on just one or two social networks rather than trying to spread yourself too thin? Absolutely. And here's the thing. If you're going to do something, you want to do it right. Because if you do it like like halfway, then it just makes you look bad. So um I, I have a Twitter account. I don't do much with it, so it's not something I'm even putting on my website. Like I'm, I started to look at because I, I got I got on the social media bandwagon, right? Like, oh, you have to be on Twitter. You got to be on YouTube. You got to be on Facebook. You got to be on Instagram. You got to be on all of these places. Who has time for all of that? Like, mm. nobody has time for all of that unless Robots, you've got maybe. a team yeah. <laughs> and you've got a specific person managing each platform. Because here's the thing: each platform works differently. It has different rules. What works on Instagram? might not work on Twitter and vice versa. So you really have to know the platform and the changes that it's making and, and how to best connect with people. And that's a skill in and of itself for each platform. So what I've done is I've really made LinkedIn the platform that I focus on and I've made a great living doing that and it's worked really well for me. But there was a time in my business where I did try to spread myself too thin and I did try to make do too many things and it wasn't working. So I think that... If you're an expert at one or two, great. If you want to add more to the mix, hire a person that that's all that they do and have them run it because otherwise you're just going to be all over the place and we all still have our business to run. So who has time for all that, you know? Absolutely. It's too much. And do you automate <laughs> any of the the posts or updates that you send out on LinkedIn? No, it's all very manual. Every time we've tried to automate it, it hasn't worked out very well. Yeah, no, I'd I, I, I like your answer so. there because, I mean, a, a few years ago, people automated the sending out of the same message to loads of different social networks. And I think that um, you have different um, styles of consumption and right. interaction and different messages are more appropriate for different social networks. So exactly I like your answer there. Great. Okay. Well, um, in a moment, we're going to be moving on to the second part of our conversation. So I'm going to be asking Jimena about the software that she couldn't live without. But first of all, dear listener, dear viewer, have you purchased my copy of Digital Marketing in 2017 yet? The book. So that's 107 digital marketers, one book, all sharing their number one actionable tip for the year. So check it out, check out the reviews and get your copy over at digitalmarketingin2017.com. But let us segue into the second part of our discussion. So that focuses on Jimena's thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with software I couldn't live without. So, Jimena, what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Oh, I couldn't live without Hubstaff because we have so many clients now and that's how we, we manage. 
I mean, not Hubstaff, sorry. Basecamp. Basecamp. Oh, Basecamp, base right. Okay. You're, sorry, you're, you're... Hubstaff is how I manage my team. Okay. Basecamp is how we manage the clients. Basecamp. So, yeah. Well, you, everyone uses so many bits of software there. So, yeah. So, have you been using Basecamp for quite a while? Yeah, I would say, I don't know, maybe like four years at least. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Because okay. when you have a lot of clients and a lot of communication and a lot of different people, you want to keep each project with up to date with what's going on in that product. Otherwise, you forget, especially when you've got like 20, 30 running. It's like, it's too much. Great. Okay. We've got some someone watching, Mark Preston, who says that LinkedIn is great for me to drive leads. So um, other people are supporting what you're saying as well there. So that's <laughs> always a good thing. But um, let's move on to a slightly more challenging question. And that is what piece of software don't you use? But you've heard good things about and you intend to try at some point in the near future? Okay, well, probably some of the webinar, uh, some of the automated webinar softwares. Actually, I have it. I'm just not using it. One is uh, EverWebinar. And then I, I had tested Stealth Seminar, but I was told that I should move off of it. So I got to see how EverWebinar does uh, on automating your webinars. And why were you told you should move off to Stealth Seminar? Uh, because... Um, it messes up like the technology. So sometimes people can't get on and they can't view it. So if you're paying for that traffic or even if it's affiliate traffic and someone's trying to see your webinar and they can't, they're not going to fuss with it for too long before they move on to the next thing. And so uh, uh, a Facebook advertising guy had told me that he had a lot of clients using that. And the minute that they switched over, the not even changing anything on Facebook ads, their conversions just shot way up. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And um, you're a fan of doing pre-recorded webinars as opposed to live webinars? I've been doing more live web webinars lately. Um, I was trying to get the, the automated thing to work and it just didn't work. So <laughs> we've been doing live for now. Yeah, I keep on meaning to do more webinars in the future. I've done loads of um, kind of regular interview type things, but um, not mm -hmm. really webinars with a view to building a funnel from that as well. And I, I think there's a you know massive opportunity there, certainly. Agreed. Yep. Okay, well, I'll include those two links in the in the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com, but let's move on to... I wish I would have. So I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Uh, well, when I first started, the one thing I didn't do too well was pricing because I, I underpriced greatly in the beginning. And now that I know what my costs are and I know, uh, you know what percentage I should get on profit, then then I know how to price things better. And if somebody doesn't want to pay that price, I'm not going to just bring them in just because I want the business. Because I'll, I'll hurt myself, I'll hurt them, and not provide as good of a service. So that's really important to, to know your numbers and watch your numbers and make sure that, that it's fair for all parties involved. And is that easier for you to say now because you've got multiple clients and someone starting up, uh, it, it's more understandable that they, they price themselves for, for less or for just a small amount? Or do you think it's never really acceptable just to undervalue yourself? I mean, now I would say it's not acceptable to undervalue yourself. But I think a lot of like everybody says that. But when you're starting out and you have zero money coming in, you're going to just take whatever you can get. Just yeah. to take whatever you can get. And then you have to learn the lesson on your own. Like people can tell you things until they're blue in the face. But a lot of times until you personally experience what that is like, you're not going to get it. <laughs> like you have to go out and make the mistake. So, Because people told me that before, but I was like, no, I, I could do it for this. And then it was just a disaster a lot of times. The this or that round. Okay, so this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions, just two rows here. Try not to think about the answer too much. 
and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion, so use it wisely. Both? Both. That's a, yeah, you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion as an answer to the question. So, um, ready to go? Ready. Twitter or Snapchat? Twitter. Facebook or LinkedIn? LinkedIn. YouTube or Facebook Live? Facebook Live. Mobile or desktop? Depends on what it is. So that's your both? I guess both, yeah. (laughs) Website or app? Website. Paid search or SEO? Oh, God. I can can use it once or twice. (laughs) Once. Oh, I already missed it. I guess SEO. You're thinking too much. (laughs) Outreach (laughs) or advertise? I'm sorry, what? Outreach or advertise? Isn't that the same thing? No? Uh, outreach as in um, if you're, you know, you're trying to build relationships with a view to get people gotcha. you know, linking back to you. Yeah. Outreach. Email to one or email to many? Email to many. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Social. And local marketing or global marketing? Global. I think we kind of got through that there. That was a bit of a challenge in places. Uh, it was because I, I wanted to say both several times. Now I get what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, exactly. I can't let people say both to every single answer. What's the fun in that? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so uh, mobile or desktop was the first one that you struggled in, I think. But but you, you said depends on the situation. Do, do you think, it, do you mean it depends on the market? Yeah, it depends on the market. I mean, uh, you know, I was just at a mastermind last week and they were showing how they were testing their advertising on mobile and desktop and how certain things did way better on mobile and other and some other things did way better on desktop. So it just really depends on what you're doing, which one's better. Like for me to get any work done, I need to be on my computer. Like I, I can hardly do any work off my phone, even though some people claim that they do. I can answer emails and that kind of thing, but I need to be like at my desk. Yeah, so. yeah. And a lot of webs, a lot, lot of... Um businesses are seeing the majority of their traffic on mobile, but still the majority of their conversions on desktop as well. So it's a bit bit of a mix that's going on as well most of the time. Yeah. The $10,000 question. So if I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? On a single thing, I would probably, well, the thing that comes to mind is what I'm doing next. So this is what I would spend it on because I have to. Um, it would be Facebook ads and we're going to start, we're going to redo the webinar that we had, um, start running it on a weekly basis, like kind of live, kind of recorded. Uh, so it's like a hybrid of the two, but we're going to drive the traffic from Facebook initially. Okay. I'm just trying to imagine in my head what's kind of live and kind of recorded. That's well, uh, you know, you, you, you show up live, like you have somebody play your recording of you saying whatever, but you're still there live. Uh, answering questions on the chat box and that kind of thing. And then at the end, any questions that weren't answered in the, the recording, you just go on live and you do it. Got you, got you. Just make sure you talk to the people that are there. It you've, you've, got different, easier, though. you've got a different top and a different hairstyle, but... Uh, you, you <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, in relation to that, you, obviously you're using Facebook advertising to drive traffic towards um, the, the, the webinar that you want to do. So is it, is it video advertising on Facebook that um, you would do for that as well? Um, I want to experiment with it. So yeah, absolutely. 
So that just takes us up to my number one takeaway. So, um, Jimena, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what is the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listener needs to take away and implement in their own business? Um, really think about the people that uh, can take you from where you are to where you want to be and figure out ways to get those people into your network. For me, the way I've done that has been LinkedIn. Uh, maybe you want to join an association or whatever it is. Um, but if you can find them on LinkedIn, that's kind of like the easiest way to go. Um, but yeah, there's always somebody that can help you get to the next thing or help promote you or help do something. So figure out what that is and always be focusing on growing your network, providing value to them, but also, um, you know, having people in place that you can turn to today or maybe a few years down the line. Yeah, great advice. And start building that network before you actually need something from them. Yeah, like you have no idea how much the network that I've built has helped me throughout the years and in my business, even just with advice or when I was stuck. You know, I had a friend one time come and stay two days in my house to work on a project that I needed help with. And he just took the time off work and we just knocked it out. But yeah, so it's, and you know, when you have relationships like that, it's very, very helpful to your business. Absolutely. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time and your advice. What's the best way for a listener to find out more about you and what you do? Uh, best thing to do is just go to my website, jimenacortez.com. You can contact me from there or you can just uh, read my content from there. Great. Okay. Well, Mark Preston says, I can totally relate in the chat there. So um, good stuff. Not sure, completely sure what you're completely relating to, but um, I'm sure it's um, several of the, uh, the, the the wonderful piece of advice that Jimena shared. Thank you to Jimena and thank you to your listener too. If you have an opinion of what Jimena shared today, tell us what you think. So the Facebook page is facebook.com slash digital marketing radio. And you can tweet me at David Bain. And please remember to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. So you can do that at digitalmarketingradio.com slash iTunes for iPhones and digitalmarketingradio.com slash Android for Android devices. But until we meet again, be fantabulous and do one thing that scares you. Adios. Adios.